0: Welcome to all of you. Welcome to those of you who are joining us online. As you saw, just from that real quick bumper there, that we're starting a new sermon series this morning. Daniel mentioned in his prayer. We're going to be talking about the Ten Commandments. And and so what I want to start with, though, actually, is something that all of us learn as we go through life, and that is that context matters. Okay? Context matters. The same thing. The same thing can be either good or bad depending on the context, depending on where it comes, about what's around it. Let me give you some examples. Let's say that you're breaking out. Now, this can be bad news if you are a high school student and it's prom night and you're breaking out and you've got acne all over your face. But if you've been jailed unfairly, breaking out is a good thing, right? Same words, it just depends on the context whether it's good or bad. Or suppose somebody hangs up the phone (coughs) excuse me, and says, you've got to go to the store now. You've got to go right now. This could be bad news. If you've been putting off getting groceries, if you hate to get groceries, if it takes you two hours to get groceries, then this is bad news, all right? You you don't like to go to the store. But let's say that you've lost your billfold, you thought it was maybe at the store and they called and they said it's there and all the money and all the credit cards are still in it, get to the store now and go pick it up, then it's good news, right? Context matters. One more. Let's say you hear, you've been selected. that can be good news if you're a college football player and it's the NFL draft the night of the first round and Roger Goodell says you've been selected that's really good news but if the call comes not from Roger Goodell but comes from the Internal Revenue Service that's not good news (laughs) you've been selected for an audit we're gonna look at all of your taxes right context matters it matters in everything and part of what I want to suggest today is that context matters especially when it comes to the Ten Commandments We're going to go through all Ten Commandments, spend a week on each one. But before we get there, we've got to do some other things. We've got to set the context. We've got to understand their place. And so we're actually going to take three weeks, three weeks to talk about the context of the Ten Commandments, okay? This week, what we're going to talk about is the place of the Ten Commandments. Where do they come in the story? Because this makes all the difference, okay? The context, the place that they come in the story makes all the difference for the Ten Commandments. Then next week, we're going to talk about what's the purpose, Why does God give us these commandments? What's the purpose of the Ten Commandments? And then two weeks from today, we're going to talk about what we have that the people who originally got the Ten Commandments didn't have, and that is the power to keep the Ten Commandments. And so uh, Eric will lead us in that study. So this morning, I want us to start with the place of the Ten Commandments. Okay, where, where do they fit in the story of God? And Part of what I want us to recognize is something that sounds strange, I think, at first, but that's hugely important to recognize. We'll never get the Ten Commandments. We'll never like the Ten Commandments. We'll never appreciate the Ten Commandments until we get this, and that is that the Ten Commandments don't begin with the Ten Commandments. (laughs) The Ten Commandments don't actually begin with the Ten Commandments. I say that because a lot of times when we see the Ten Commandments displayed, it's on something like this. It might be on a picture in your home. Maybe some of you have the Ten Commandments listed there. It might be on a, on a, a stone set of stone tablets someplace in a public display. But, but what we see is the Ten Commandments, and it just starts with, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make any graven images. You shall not take, misuse the name of the Lord your God. Honor the Sabbath. Rem, honor your, remember the Sabbath. Honor your parents. And it goes right down the list, right? And, and, and we see them like this. And, and, and I like the Ten Commandments. I love the Ten Commandments. But I want to challenge you to think about it. If you have something like this in your home, you might want to take it down. Because it's missing the beginning, It's missing where the Ten Commandments start. And if we just act as if the Ten Commandments have been dropped down from heaven and they're just there and this is just it, then we're going to miss the Ten Commandments. We're going to miss the heart of the Ten Commandments. We're going to miss the value and the purpose of the Ten Commandments, okay? These things are not clubs to beat us up, but they come in a certain place in the story that's missing the beginning. So let me show you the beginning. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Exodus 20, verse 3 is where the first commandment is, but let's start at verse 1. Verse 1 says, And God said all these words. God spoke all these words. And then the key verse, verse 2. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Before God says, do this. Before God says, You shall have no other gods before me. Before God says, do that. He says, you got to understand something. I am the one who brought you out of Egypt. I'm the one who rescued you from your slavery. I'm the one who who gave for you. And and that's where the Ten Commandments come. They don't start with the, the First Commandment. The Ten Commandments don't begin with the Ten Commandments. They begin with a story of God rescuing us. They begin with a story that our God came while we were slaves, and he lifted us up. Context matters. If we start to understand the right context for the Ten Commandments, we will start to understand the value and the the purpose and the joy of those things. Context matters. In in fact, the Bible knows, Moses knew that context mattered. In fact, it matters so much that when Moses, and, and this is a long sentence, but I'll show it to you, but when Moses tells parents to talk to their children about the law, and I'll explain all that in a minute, but he tells the parents that they must give the children their context. When, 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 the, when the parents, when we as parents talk to our kids about the Ten Commandments, about the law, about any command Jesus gives us, Moses says, first, first, give the context. First, tell the story. He says this in the book of Deuteronomy, and this is the passage I want to focus on primarily this morning. Um, and, and again, this isn't going to take us terribly long, but Deuteronomy 6, verses 20 to 25. Moses talks about teaching our children. He actually does this a lot in the book of Deuteronomy. Fourteen different times he has advice for parents and for children, okay? And so Deuteronomy, let me give you just a little bit of an intro to, to what the book of Deuteronomy is about. Deuteronomy is actually a sermon. And it's a sermon preached by Moses at the end of his life when he was 120 years old. You may know Moses was the, was the person who God used to lead Israel out of Egypt. He was born in Egypt. Uh, he should have been killed, but he wasn't. He was raised in Pharaoh's pl- palace at 40 years old. He killed somebody, so he had to run out in the desert for 40 years. So when he was 80 years old, God said, go back to Egypt Go back to Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And and, and after a series of plagues and miraculous things, Pharaoh finally says, fine, get out of here. And so they go, and Moses leads the people to Mount Sinai. And that's where he gets the Ten Commandments, okay? So they are rescued, and then he gets the Ten Commandments. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Deuteronomy comes 40 years later. The people of Israel wander around in the desert for 40 years. They're not ready yet to go into the promised land. But they're right on the edge of it. Okay, They're on the edge of it. Moses is there, and, and he, he's not going to be able to go in. But he, he can see the promised land from Mount Nebo. That's kind of where they are. You can see into Israel from there, and he sees that. And, and in Deuteronomy, what he does is he says, this is my final sermon. He has led these people for 40 years. He loves them and he's frustrated with them. He has been through all the ups and all the downs. And so now Moses is here with his last words to the people of Israel. And part of what he does is he repeats the Ten Commandments. I don't know if you know that, but in Deuteronomy 5, 6 to 21, Moses gives the same Ten Commandments. There's just a couple of slight word differences, okay? And we'll notice those as we go through. But Moses says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Okay, same thing. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. You shall have no other. Same Ten Commandments. And then in chapter 6, in chapter 6, he tells parents how to talk to their children about the laws of God. And I just want to read that for you now, and then we'll unpack it. So Deuteronomy 6, verse 20 says this. In the future, when your son asks you what is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded you, tell him, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent signs and wonders, great and terrible, on Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land he promised on oath to our ancestors. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord our God, so that we might always prosper and be kept alive, as is the case today. And if we are careful to obey all this law before the Lord our God, as he has commanded us, that will be our righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Moses is preaching. Moses is full of passion. Moses is getting his last opportunity to talk to the people of Israel. and He wants to tell them, they're going to go into the promised land. They're going to go live among the Canaanites. They're going to go be there. And he wants to say, a lot of times, he says, parents, here's what you got to do. When you're in that foreign land, when you're in that place, as you're driving out the Canaanites, as you're cleaning things up, in the future, in the future, when you're, son, and he really would say child today, when your child asks you, and, and just notice something, and parents will all get this, and, and probably all of us, any of us adults, who will all get this if you've taken care of kids. He doesn't say, if your child asks you. No, it's when your child asks you. He knows. Kids ask. Kids are going to ask questions. Kids are going to say, why do you do this? Why do you do that? When your child asks you, And and let me just say, for those of you who say, but my kids are older, On this sermon doesn't... These are things I tell myself, okay? i got an inner child (laughs) that still asks. I've got an inner child that still says, why do we have to do this? Why should we do this? Why should we when nobody else is? Why, 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 why? i got that inner child, so sometimes I'm talking to myself. The child asks the question, what is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded you? Now, I don't know. Maybe the kids talk more kind of formally in those days but let me tell you what this basically really means is the child is saying why in the future when you why when your child asks you why why can't we do this they're all doing it and they're doing fine why do we have to do this nobody else has to do it this way why 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 and and that's still a question that kids ask today that's still a question that i ask today why as parents many of you have been asked why do we have to go to church I don't get anything out of it other than Smarties. But other than that, I get nothing out of it. Why do we have to go to church? It's just not for me. It's so boring. I don't want to do that. The other kids are out playing today. Why do we have to go to church? Why do we have to help out at the food pantry? And why, why do we do that, man? Come on, everybody else gets to be outside having fun. And I got to go work at the food pantry. I got to go do this. Why do we do this? Why can't I listen to Cardi B? I don't know who she is, but Eric and Kirk tells me we shouldn't listen to her. But if you've got high school kids or middle school kids, they might have asked you, why can't, can't, can't we listen to her? All my friends do. It's not really, I'm not listening to the words. <laughs> right. Why can't we listen to Cardi B? Why can't I watch Deadpool? You let me watch the other Marvel movies. You said that was okay, but Deadpool's not. Why? Why can't I do that? My friend watched it. Why can't I watch Deadpool? Why, why can't I watch John Paul on YouTube? Again, I don't know who he is, but he's gone rogue. He's gone bad. So anyway, why, kids ask that, right? Why can't I do this? Why can't I do this? Why do I have to do this? Why, why, why? And Moses says, here's the answer. Tell him. When your kid asks you, when your inner child asks you, tell him, he says, here's what you say. Why do I have to do this? Because I said so. That's not actually what he says. But, but that's what a lot of us say, Right? It's so much easier. The kids come with the questions over and over again. Why do we do this? Why do, because I said so. Now, in some ways, you could say, well, you know, the, the fourth commandment is, um, or the fifth commandment is honor your parents. So I'm just saying you've got to honor me, and that's why I'm doing this. So, but from that's not what God says. God could say, yeah, that's just because you're the parent and you're telling them what to do. Because I said so, I'm bigger than you, and I can take away your license. No, it's not what God says. Well, because God says so that's better. (laughs) We're pointing to God's word. This is why we do this, because God's word says this. But you know what? It's interesting. That's not the answer that Moses tells us to give. He doesn't say just tell him because God said so, because God will crush us if we don't. Again, no. No. But a lot of times we do that as parents. Oh, you do that, this terrible thing is going to happen. You do that, this terrible thing is going to happen. And part of the problem with saying that, let me just say, is is when your kids turn 18 and they do that and nothing terrible happens, they go, oh, what else did mom and dad lie about? This is not the answer that God tells us to give. It doesn't say, well, just obey it because I said so, because God said so, because because otherwise you're going to get crushed and, and destroyed and God's going to wipe you out. No, you know what you tell them? Tell him the story. Tell him your story. He said, We were slaves. We were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. He rescued us. Tell your child your story. I, I think that's so important. Give them the context. Tell them why it matters. Tell them why God gives us the Ten Commandments. Tell them why God gives us any commandments. Tell them why Jesus calls it. Give them the, com- the story. Give them the context. And give that to yourself. Again, keep reminding yourself. And, and as I look at Moses in his answer here, there are three things, and they're very basic. But when it comes to the law, it's so important we get these things from our heads to our hearts. Because if we don't, we'll never understand the law, we'll never love the law, we'll never live the law, we'll never f- try to follow the law. The law will always be a burden to us. So, what do we say? What do we say to ourselves? What do we say to our kids? Three things. The first one is this On our own, we were slaves. That's where it starts, right? We were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt. Dad, why do we do this? Because we were slaves. And let me tell you, it was horrible. And, and, and it was. I mean, the slavery that the, Egypt, the uh, Israelites were under in Egypt was just absolutely horrendous. It was some of the worst stuff imaginable. You might remember, if you don't, that's okay, but you might remember that the people of Israel went down to Egypt on their own because Joseph, one of uh, Jacob's sons, had, had saved Egypt, and the Pharaoh was very happy with Joseph and said, bring your family down here, and they got great land, and they multiplied, and they grew, but then something happened, <laughs> Then a new pharaoh, a new king to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. And this king was like, there are too many of these Israelites. We got to get rid of some of them. We got to subject them. We got we to stop them from multiplying so quickly. And we got to do this. So what we're going to do is we're going to make them slaves. And they made their lives. The Egyptians made the Israelites' lives bitter with harsh labor and brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. In all their harsh labor, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. It was miserable. It was horrible. If that wasn't enough, the Israelites kept growing in number. so a Pharaoh said, Let's kill all the boys. Kill all the boys. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people, Every Hebrew boy that is born you must throw into the Nile. Drown every baby boy, but let the girls live. We cannot let them become an army. We cannot let them become powerful. The Israelites groaned in all this, in their slavery, and they cried out to God for help because of their slavery, and, and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. Tell them we were slaves, and it was horrible. That, that's what God was, <clears throat> excuse me. That's what life was like before God stepped in. Now, some of you are saying, yeah, but Ron, I've never been a slave. We've never been in Egypt. That's not my story. <clears throat> the Bible makes it clear for all of us, our story is a story of slavery to freedom if you're in Christ. The Bible makes it clear each and every one of us, apart from Christ, is a slave. And, and so what I want to suggest we do, and I do this again talking to myself, is instead of saying just because I said so, to say, let me tell you this, without God I was a slave to, and you can fill in the blank whatever it is for you, but without God I was a slave to this. I couldn't control myself. I was a slave to my selfishness. I was incurably curved in on myself. I said I wanted to love others. I said I wanted to care for others. I said I wanted to serve others. But at the end of the day, it was always me first. I didn't let people think that. But at the end of the day, it was always all about me. And I hated that. I couldn't love the way I wanted to love. I was a slave to my selfishness. And, and if you say, but Brian, I was I, I, I was raised in the church and I can't remember a time where I was just totally lost in horror. I know, but you know your tendencies. Where would it go? That's why I say, you know, I, I am a slave to this, or I could easily be a slave to this. My selfishness, my fear. My fear. I, I've got people I know who aren't Christians and, and they wouldn't put it this way, but this is what they're slaves to. Because at the end of the day, they don't know how to handle death. At the end of the day, they, they fear that their life has no meaning. At the end of the day, their anxiety can overwhelm them because they just don't. And, and without Christ, that's all of us. Without God, that's all of us. We become slaves to our fear, slaves to our selfishness, slaves to our guilt. Because we all know we're not as good as we think we are, as we, as we claim we are, as we try to... pray. I, and I just, I was overwhelmed with guilt. I don't know where it goes for you. Maybe it's when I, without God... And again, your son has to be going. I asked about Cardi B. No, let me tell you. Let me tell you what it's like when I, I was a slave to my passion. I was, I was looking at some stuff. I was, I was looking at some porn stuff. I mean, I know. Oh, we can't tell our kids that. Yes, we can. Not when they're five, but I, mean, I, I was a slave to that. I was a slave to my anger. I was just controlled by it. I couldn't stop being aimed. I was a slave to others' opinions. What does this have to do with Cardi B? I'll get there. But I was a slave to the opinions of others. What is it for you? If you didn't have God's promises, if you didn't have the grace of Jesus Christ, what is it? Where would you say, you know what, this is where I'm out of control because all of us are slaves to sin somehow, somewhere. That's our story. That's where it is for all of us. And when we tell our kids... Why? It's because, you know, without God, I was a slave. And my life was a mess. Every time I've gone away from God's word, and I can say this to all of you, I can tell you, it it doesn't end well for me. When I tell a lie, it doesn't go well for me. And my life becomes a mess. And I couldn't get myself out. Why can't I listen to Cardi B? Why can't I watch Deadpool? Because, man, I know what it's like to be a slave. I know what it's like to to be lost and and, and to feel out of control. On our own, we're slaves. And i got to tell you, if we don't understand this, we'll never love God's Word. We'll never love God's instructions. We'll never love the Sermon on the Mount. Because if I really believe, and, and ask yourself this honestly, if I really believe that I'm okay on my own, that I don't need to listen to anybody else, If I genuinely believe that, why in the world would I care about the Ten Commandments? If I genuinely believe I can take care of myself, I don't need the Ten Commandments. I only need them when I realize that on my own I'm lost. Think about anybody who's had a part of Alcoholics Anonymous, Gamblers Anonymous, anybody who's admitted they're an addict, and all of us are addicts to sin. Anybody who's admitted they're an addict, what do they say? (laughs) Why don't you drink? They don't say, "Uh, because my mom told me not to. No, no. They say, let me tell you what my life was like when I was drinking. I was out of control. I was messed up. And I hated it. I hated it. It starts with that, friends. When we talk about obedience with our kids, it starts with the fact that on our own we are slaves. And then, second, but God rescued me. God rescued us. He brought us out. Tell him. Tell him, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. God brought us out. He, he rescued us. And, 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 and Moses goes out of his way to say, it wasn't easy. Because Pharaoh, like all slave owners, doesn't like to give up his slaves. Pharaoh, like all power mongers, doesn't like to give up his power. None of us do. And he doesn't let him go easily. Some of you, again, know the story that, that God came. And, and Moses said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let God's people go. Pharaoh said, no way. And so God started to pull back his hands and say, Pharaoh, you want to see what it's like without me? We talked about this on Monday, Thursday if you want a longer talk on it. But you want to see what it's like without me? I'm going to pull back my hands. And then there's frogs all over and the water turns to blood and everybody's got boils and all this stuff. That's what happens. I mean, Pharaoh just keeps saying, no. Yes, no. Yes, no. Until finally came the last of the plagues, the death of the firstborn son. God pulls his hand back and says, The judging angel can show and take your firstborn sons. And the only people who were saved were those who were under the blood of the Lamb. Call it the Passover. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. We saw his power. We saw the cost of disobeying God. And he rescued before our eyes. The Lord sent great signs and wonders, great and terrible on Egypt and Pharaoh and on on the whole household. (laughs) God did these amazing things to set us free, to bring us out. And again, you say, well, I don't have Pharaoh, but you got sin, and sin doesn't like, us let us, doesn't like to let us go any more than Pharaoh does. Whether we think about sin as the dragon and the beasts that John does in Revelation, or as our human nature, our old nature, as Paul does in his letters, sin does not want to let you go. Death does not want to let you go. And they want you so much that there was only one thing that could save us, in this, we know that they didn't. I mean, think of the power we have as parents that those parents didn't. They could talk about the miracles of the exodus. And again, the psalm the that Nicole had talked about, again, God made a way. But we can look to the cross. And Jesus paid. Jesus paid the price so we could be free. For you know First Peter 1. You know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you, handed down to you from your ancestors. Another way to talk about slavery. Maybe say, "I don't like slavery language." Right? Okay, fine. From the emptiness, apart from Christ, my life was empty. I didn't have hope. I didn't have purpose. But I was redeemed, and I was bought. Not with silver or gold, not with hundred million dollars, but something so much more precious. It was the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Jesus paid the price so we could be free. But what does this have to do with Cardi B? What does this have to do with Deadpool? John Paul, I don't care. What is this? Let me tell you, because on our own, we're slaves. On our own, we're slaves. And and, and it's God who rescued us. Jesus Christ loved us so much that he gave his life for us. And, and, and just, I want you to think about this. Whenever you see the Ten Commandments, this is why they don't start with the Ten Commandments. What they start with is rescue. The one who gave us the Ten Commandments is the same one who gave his son for us. And it's understanding his love and his rescue and his grace that says this is why I want to listen to him. This is why I want to obey him because when I did it on my own, I was just Lost. Jesus rescued me. He gave me new life. And God wants the best for me. God wants the best for you. Look at this. Deuteronomy 6.23 says, "You know, what? He brought us out from there. Why? To bring us in. Tell him he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land. He promised on oath to our ancestors. And six times in, in, in the book of Deuteronomy, when, when Moses mentions land, he says, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's It's awesome. That's where God wants to bring us. That's why God rescued us, okay? He brought us out from there to bring us in. He brought us out to bring us in. God wants the best for us. And we need to understand that. God didn't save us so he could have slaves. God didn't say, well, I need some slaves just like Pharaoh has them. I'm going to rescue these people. God doesn't save us because he wants us to think he's great. We do, and we will, and we will glorify and praise him. But that's a byproduct That is a byproduct. God doesn't save us just so that, like he's some egomaniac. No, he saves us so we can flourish. He saves us so we can live. He brought us out to bring us in, and the Lord commanded us. Here we are. We're getting really close to now. The kid's going to understand, hopefully. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees, to fear the Lord our God, so that we might always prosper and be kept alive as is the case today. You see, when you listen to Cardi B, I'm afraid you're putting yourself in a position where you can fall into a whole lot of other stuff. And it's just a mess. And it's just a, it's just a, a, a thicket of weeds and, and thorns. And, and, and I don't want you to get hurt. God doesn't want you to get hurt. God gives us the Ten Commandments because he wants the best for us. God gives us the Ten Commandments so that we can flourish. And it's only when we understand that context, it's only when we understand that's the situation that we can begin, that we can begin to understand why. And and so when your son asks you, when your child inside of you asks you why, I I just want to go over those three things. And you might say, that's crazy, I know all of that. No, you might know it here. Bring it down to your heart. Live it in your heart. Recognize, on my own, I'm a slave. Think about those times when you've been just overwhelmed with your sin. Think about the guilt. Think about the pain. Think about the, the fear. Think about the anxiety. If there is no Christ, if there is no resurrection, if there is no hope, think about the, the unreality of that, the pain, the hurt of that. I'm my own. I'm a slave, but Jesus Christ rescued me from my empty way of life. He gave his life for me. He loves me so much. God loves us so much that he gave his one and only son. And now he wants the best for us. So you're not doing this. You're not saying, I'm not going to watch Deadpool because because God's not going to love you if if you do. I'm saying, I don't want to go back in the ditch. I want to go back and get destroyed again. I want to live. And then we say, and, and God says this. God says, don't be afraid to gather together. Don't stop gathering together, rather. Don't stop gathering together, but come to worship because I love you and I want you to be shaped and molded. I want you to be able to remember who you are. That's how it goes, friends. That's what we need to remember. The Ten Commandments don't begin with the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments begin with God setting us free. And before we look at the first one, we need to get this straight. Let's pray together. Father... uh, We thank you for the gift that we don't always feel like we want. There's still that child inside each of us and some of us have children around us that wants to say, I don't want to do it that way. I want to do it my way. Father, remind us of what happens to us when we do it our way. And remind us, before we stop doing it our way, you loved us. You died for us. You sent Jesus to die for us. Father, remind us that, that out of grace we are saved and you want the best for us. And then, Lord... Then we might begin to hunger the way you call us to for the words that will help us to live free. Father, thank you for setting us free. Now we pray your spirit will help us to live free. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.